Now breathe in and out. One, two, three, breathe, breathe, breathe. and welcome to another episode of Stoned and Social. I am your always high host, Nat. And today we have a really interesting topic because as you guys know, we've been doing our whole month of love. We've talked about masculinity and intimacy. We've gone over using cannabis for sexual wellness. And today we have a really interesting topic because I have recently stumbled upon the genre of sci-fi romance and I love that science fiction love stories or fantasy romances um, they really are something that you might not encounter often and yet great science fiction and fantasy novels often really tell a lot of moving tales of love that enrich their adventures and I love that these books feature love stories that are often really integral to the exciting journey that is going to attract the reader here. There's a lot of tales of star-crossed lovers, human and elven people, some who face the most inventive challenges in literature. And personally, as far as I'm concerned, these two tastes really go great together. And again, since it's our month of love, we're going to talk a little bit about this interesting genre. And with me today, the indie science fiction romance author and hot alien creator, I have Leslie Chase with me. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you, Nat. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here. And uh, wow, I feel like I've just had my <laughs> my brain cracked open with this <laughs> with this genre. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, you can probably guess that I'm British. Um, I, you know, I've what I wanted to write since I was since I was young. I'd, I've always written little things here and there, but never mm-hmm. published anything um, until a few years ago when I uh, when I had a chance to take um, take redundancy from a job that was kind of awesome. But yeah, there were cuts, and <laughs> that meant that I got like a year's pay. And so I thought, well, I'm never going to have another chance like that to set myself up as an author. I'd give it a go. And shortly after that was when I discovered the genre of science fiction romance. And I've been happily uh, enmeshed in that ever since. Wow. About, what, five years or so. That's really great. That's really great. It sounds sounds like you had a little bit of a light bulb moment mm. there and we're, you just went for it. Mm. Absolutely. It was, yeah, it was a chance in a lifetime. And I, I don't, I don't think that I could have uh, done it at any other time uh, because I needed that uh, financial safety net. And I'm so glad that I took the chance when it turned up. So are we. We're glad for that too. Okay. You've penned titles like Crashland, Colony Series, Tiger Sword, Silent Empire Romance, 
it's all about the love with you in these books. Why did you choose to write within the sci-fi fantasy romance genre? Well, when I was starting out, um, I happened across a blog post about um, making money in the romance genre, um, and specifically short romances, which were very popular and very profitable at the time on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, I hit it at exactly the wrong time when they <laughs> changed the system and, uh, and it stopped paying out nearly so much. But um, that was where I got into the paranormal romance, which is a huge and well-established genre um, with things like Twilight being mm -hmm. really mainstream examples of it. Um, and so I, I wrote a little bit in that, um, mm -hmm. before someone, uh, an author I knew, uh, asked me if I wanted to join them writing some science fiction romance, mm -hmm. which, well, um, yeah, that, that just completely caught my, my interest in my identity and it was, uh, yeah, no going back from there. <laughs> and the I've always been a huge fan of science fiction and it just let me write all the things that I liked um and it's genre wise it's very similar to paranormal romance there's a lot of the same structural elements so it was a really easy move and a lot of uh, audience is the same too now for our stoner lights who may be listening mm -hmm. you're you're you know it's very nuanced the the sci-fi the paranormal romance um switch here can you give us an example of the two differences you mentioned twilight which um we know vampires there so paranormal mm -hmm. what does that include um well the the two largest subgenres there are vampires which mm -hmm are always popular as uh, romance heroes <laughs> and um, shifters with like shapeshifters. So uh, usually wolf shifters are probably the most popular followed by mm -hmm. bears, followed <laughs> by all kinds of things. I, um, um, I, I've written uh, bears, tigers and uh, lions for for my um, brief stint in paranormal romance. Oh my! <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> that that was the reason I went to Lions at the end. I had a, a grand vision of putting uh, putting a collection of all my books together with <laughs> the obvious title. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, we, you know, we boo Amazon. Our listeners know we fucking hate Amazon here, so not surprised that. Um, that affected you. What other pitfalls have you experienced being a romance writer specifically? Well, um, well, for one thing, I'd want to say that like I, I completely understand the Amazon hate. Um, mm -hmm. that that's absolutely <laughs> sensible. But the particular thing that changed for me, I actually think, was them making things fairer, not less fair. Mm -hmm. It just happened to be bad for me at. Or, well, it happened to be bad for romance authors at the time, but um, the the original way they calculated royalties was 
very, very gameable and very, very gamed by um, some authors. So it, I, I very much prefer the current system, but it doesn't allow for easy making of like um, huge royalty checks. Uh, mm -hmm. But other pitfalls have been, well, it's, it's a tough gig. You have to be productive constantly uh, in romance uh, because people who read romance read a lot. So if you want to stick in someone's mind, you either have to be a phenomenally good writer mm -hmm. or you have to have a lot of books that they can read. If someone just likes your work, but it's six months between books, they aren't that likely to remember you. And and for a lot of people, me included, uh, the last couple of years have done a number on our productivity. It's uh, yeah. It so that's been a that's been a challenge. The specifically romance author part of it is just needing that volume of books, mm -hmm. and it can also be very difficult to market, um, both because. Romance is a huge genre, um, so so many books in it, so standing out from the crowd is difficult. And because specifically science fiction romance is a quite small niche, yeah. so a lot of advertising platforms don't support it very well. Wow. Yeah. Not surprised to hear that. Yeah, it is a very it is a very niche market. And when I was a wee lad, I remember reading and just voraciously consuming romance novels because you can really get through them if it's written well. You you want to hear how the story plays out. It's like a little mini episode. And so I can definitely see needing to keep up with demand, but also stay relevant in people's minds. That's why we're here every week in you guys' ears because we know we have to stay bugging you every week with listening to us <laughs> now leslie this is a, a cannabis wellness podcast so i've got to ask have you ever used uh cannabis at all yes it's been quite a while now but um but i did um years back uh, try some and I was never, never a big user, but also it was just, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all about it here. We love all the mm. the new technologies and advances with it. Um, just like I'm using my amazing little vessel pin here. We love that it's it's discreet. Did you were you were you one of the people who had an experience with edibles? We often hear sometimes people try edibles and then they're like, nah, I'm I'm over it, not anymore. Yeah. I'm uh no um though though i did try edibles i didn't have any any um off-putting experience no, <laughs> and, uh, um no it was just more more and more and more a matter of availability um this was you know like i say a few years ago and uh things weren't so easy yeah and it's not it's not legal um there in the uk or Wherever. not yeah not um there are some things some uh oils and mm -hmm. uh, edibles that are you know cannabis derived and legal mm -hmm. but um cannabis itself no 
yeah, sometimes sometimes we use cannabis to uh, when we're brainstorming for the podcast. We we're using mm-hmm. it, or when I'm writing personally, I've used it. I know you guys have heard me talk about using cannabis to work a lot. So, Lizzie, when you're writing a novel, do you do you plot the story from A to Z, or do you really let it emerge and take it from there? Describe to us the process that mm-hmm. happens. Oh, I wish I could plot it. <laughs> I yeah, I wish I could plot it from A to Z. I've tried that, but um, my mind always runs off the tracks if I try to lay the tracks too narrow. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I, I usually if I write a full outline, by the time I'm halfway in, I've wrecked it. I'm not going to end up at that <laughs> ending. And I need to add in several things. It's it's a nightmare. So I do I do lay out a plot, and mm-hmm. I very much try to have an end in mind when I start. And usually I reach that end, but generally <laughs> generally there's somewhere in the middle where I realise what the story is actually about, and then have to go back and put groundwork for that in. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that only happens when I'm writing once I've gotten to know the characters and then I can start, you know, my subconscious obviously knew because a lot of the time it's, oh, that's why, that's why he's got a history in, like, uh, the Navy or something. It's, you know, it's so that he can know this. Okay, I'd better put some more hints of that in earlier so that it's not, then you don't have to remember it from the one time he mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I know there's there's different writers do different things. Do you, I guess, what's your what's your most interesting writing quirks? I like hearing what other writers do that are different where I'm like, what? Like I know someone who only writes in their bathtub. They set up a little, like they got blankets and pillows and they write in the tub and apparently they get the best writing done in the tub. Do you have any, any little writing quirks that you do? Well, um, nothing quite that um, effective. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I wish I knew a hack for where <laughs> and when I'd be writing most effectively. Um, but um, but I do have, through trial and error, I have come to the hack of starting on, like, chapter four or five, um, mm-hmm. because those first couple of chapters are going to need completely rewritten no matter what <laughs> I do. So I, I kind of gave up on writing them a while back and <laughs> always loop back around and finish them last. Um, um, yeah, that's probably my um, my quirkiest writing <laughs> trick. We'll take it. We'll take that. And I noticed that your novels, they feature, and a lot of a lot of romance novels do, so if you're unfamiliar with this genre, this isn't something totally new, but they feature the concept of predestined romantic partners, and it's usually indicated upon the first meeting. It's got that strong showcase of that primal nature of sexuality. Um, do you, can you tell us about this, this, I guess, this trope within the genre that happens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fated mates trope um, is like it's a huge thing in paranormal romance, and like I say, science fiction romance is very similar in a lot of ways. So it carries us over, um, and 
my theory, I don't know if this is how it developed, but my theory is that it's because fundamentally we know these characters are going to get together. So in some stories, exploring that early part of the romance is part of the point and part of the fun. Mm -hmm. But in in others, it's fundamentally a waste of time. We know they're going to get together. The question is how they're going to make that dynamic work mm -hmm. and how they're going to overcome the challenges that are in their way. So Fated Mates lets, them, lets the characters just get past that early stage of the relationship with like, we, we see each other, we fall in love, we know we are going to do this, but maybe we are still on opposite sides of a galactic war or, mm -hmm. um, or werewolves killed my daddy, how can I possibly <laughs> be with a werewolf? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, it's, you know, it's a handy trope that way, and particularly in science fiction romance, I like the fact that it gives me something interesting to play with, like, in how mm -hmm. the Fated Mates ex expresses itself. You know, is, is it a mutual thing? In, in a lot of stories, both characters know immediately, but it can be sometimes be fun to have it be an alien trait, where the alien knows immediately yes this human she is the one for me and yeah. then the the humans going uh no you, you actually have to talk to me first this is not and that can be a fun conflict for a bit um there, there's been some very interesting playing around with the idea it's, it's been fun to see to see it like you said played out in the books and written out now i've got to ask do you believe in love at first sight or lust at first sight because that's what's happening in these books they are just whew, they are on fire with each other lust at first sight yes love at first <laughs> sight i'm agnostic about maybe i mean sure there are people who've seen each other across a crowded room felt that they fell in love then and gone on to have completely happy relationships. Mm -hmm. Does that make it real or is that just an example where they happen to be compatible and other people had that same early feeling but the relationship burned out after a couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. Hard to say. I don't know whether it's whether it's real or true. I hope it is. It sounds wonderful and <laughs> as many people as possible should experience it. <laughs> Yeah, I've always wondered that because that's what's like the book is just the books are always just like they locked eyes and then they're just I, I want you and I I like that and I think that's part of why people read this because it's it is fantastical it's not something we experience every day and it is it does sweep you away in that way now the <laughs> the books are definitely for adults uh, a lot of the scenes in the books are pretty racy when you are writing um these scenes do you think it's more you know what actually why do you think it's important to describe these these steamy kind of uh events in the stories in this way i know it's part of the genre but what is that doing for people well a lot of people enjoy enjoy reading that and that's something that is part of the story but also I think a, a well-written romantic steamy scene moves the romance along and 
shows compatibility, shows how the two characters relate to each other and moves them on the emotional arc. They're not necessary for a good romance. I mean, there are plenty of good, clean romances out there, and I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't for a moment say that you need to have the hot, steamy scenes. Mm-hmm. But but I find that they are like yeah they they suit some stories very well. Um, part of the joy of um, specifically science fiction romances with aliens um, is that aside from anything aside from the other draws, the alien can have whatever equipment <laughs> you need or desire. And there are a lot of people, a lot of fans of the genre who are very much into that. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Leslie. I've been waiting to talk about alien genitalia this whole time. I've just been holding it really close to my chest, but you've now opened Pandora's box. Let's talk about alien, alien, oh Jesus, alien penis, alien tentacles. Tell us, regale us in tales of, of alien genitalia. What what are some of the things you've done? Because this is really fascinating to us. We're, we're so interested in this. Well, um, there's the, the, I hesitate to say default because they're all <laughs> varied and different, but yeah. um, the vibrating alien dick is a uh, yes. big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, had for anyone who can't see. And <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the, um, there's a variety of different textures, which can be um, fun. The um, most, my most recent book that's uh, just coming out now is features um, features an alien with tentacles as well as his dick, and mm-hmm. so that just yeah extra appendages to uh, help. No one's gonna complain. Yeah, no one's ever yeah. gonna complain about more down there. Like, oh, you've got some extra hand tentacle things um now when you are writing these scenes and creating these amazing alien appendages is there anything you do to get in the mood for this stuff or are you just in it and like writing it at the time well i yeah i started out just i mean you get a Obviously, I read a fair bit in the same genre, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of cross pollination of ideas. And no one's mm-hmm. no one's ripping anyone else off that I've seen, but you know, you, you see, you see an idea for, mm-hmm. um, like, oh, this this one has a secondary spur that um, vibrates. Okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> well, how can I how can I change that up and make it my own? Um, and so. There's a lot of that which, you know, it's just buzzing around in my head and I mm-hmm. pluck something from it. <laughs> um, but also there are, these days, there are a lot of innovative um, sex toy companies that mm-hmm. have tentacles or, like, dragon yeah. or yeah, so I've on. Seen them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll browse those sites and see if there's anything that uh, looks... Research. Yeah, absolutely. For science. Research. <laughs> For science. 
Yeah, I mean, they some of them have recently become been inspired by the science fiction romance books. It undoubtedly oh, there's um, cool. yeah there, there's uh, one series of books that has become really successful. Ruby Dixon's um, Ice Planet Barbarians and mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, there's there's effectively the uh, alien genitalia from that has been produced as um, cool. as toys. So very, very cool. And Leslie, you have a book that actually just came out yesterday. Your new book it's called "Join to the Alien Skymaster." This is a this is kind of a two pronged question here. I want to know about the book, and then I want to talk about how hot all your covers for your books are so first tell tell us about this new current book joined at the uh sorry joined to the alien sky master what's your inspiration for this particular one okay well this is one that i've been building up to for a while then you mentioned earlier my crash land colony uh Mm -hmm. books and i've been writing in that world um for a couple of years now and i've got six books in well two trilogies already and this is the start of a third trilogy mm-hmm. so um so this is this is the story of a group of human colonists out in space who were attacked by alien pirates and ended up crash landing on a planet that's inside the borders of uh, a very isolationist alien empire so they can't get home they're stuck here scattered across the planet trying to make the best of it along with the alien pirates and the native aliens who they meet in during the season series and and this is the book where the alien empire turns up so these dragon-like flying aliens um with yes, tentacle dicks. Um, <laughs> so uh, for those of us waiting, and <laughs> uh, yeah, they show up and um, have to make the decisions on how are they going to deal with this. And from their point of view, this is a nature reserve, and humans and the alien, other alien pirates are invasive species that have um, that have ruined their nature reserve mm. so what are they going to do about it um wow. i'm excited for this book and i noticed in you know when i was reading the blurb for this book because you said you basically said space pirates and i was like sold i'm in anything to do with pirates you guys know i'm all about pirates love pirates but i noticed in some of your books and in this one it seems like it's going to be at play a little bit you've got a little bit of of politics things happening in this book as well so it's not just straight romance it's not just straight sci-fi you've got a lot of different elements at play in in a lot of your books actually yes um i i mean it's important to me that these books tell a complete story they are romances first and foremost they're the story of a relationship but um but there's there's also a lot of stuff that's moving on the overarching story of the of Crashland in the Crashland series. Um so 
how do the humans relate to the pirates is the kind of the question of the first trilogy um and obviously it's in large part by members of both species falling in love with each other and and romantic <laughs> Perhaps, uh, yeah. entanglements um but then and then you have we've then you have the humans encountering these other these uh bronze age aliens that um are native to the planet and mm -hmm. having to work out both how they're going to deal with that and what what that what that means for them mm -hmm. and again uh, a lot of that is solved through um conveniently falling in love <laughs> with the right aliens um <laughs> it's always helpful for a war <laughs> indeed um and yeah so it there's there's always to my mind to be a solid book you you want several different layers and the romance is the most important but then there's a science fiction story mm -hmm. and i don't want yeah i don't want my books to just be a romance story that has been transposed into space and with you, you know it could yeah. be you know it could be playing out on earth um so so, so you really want people to get that get that that sci-fi feel because it's it's in all it's in it's permeated in all the books mm. that it is you do have a very nice balance of the sci-fi and the romance because sometimes when you're describing certain elements in one of your books the Crashland series you're you're talking about um I think you're you're describing like the cockpit and what it looks like and I remember I had to stop and reread it and I'm like wow there's a lot of buttons on this thing and I'm just trying to imagine it but you did such a great job of describing all of the little buttons and doohickeys and, and other things going in that that to me felt very sci-fi because I was basically reading about you describing an alien spaceship and that was pretty cool thanks um that yeah it's like I say, it's important to me that it be a a solid story on the romance level and on the science fiction level. So I'm glad that uh, that worked and comes across. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on this cover for Join to the Alien Sky Master, again, we've got your all of your books have just super fucking hot aliens on the front this one i noticed has wings is this is it is this what the sky master race is going to be for this the series yes yes they have they are um winged aliens uh which makes them somewhat unique in this in this mm -hmm. setting um and it's not particularly rare in the science fiction romance genre but in in the particular setting that i've made up they are um unique in that they can fly and i found that interesting both because i think that flying aliens are kind of that's kind of cool, cool and kind of half on it though. <laughs> yeah. um but it's also um it let me give get into their heads and have a little bit of a different kind of psychology because you know, they they fly humans humans don't so we tend to think mm -hmm. more like two-dimensionally we you know mm -hmm. 
left, right, forward, and backwards, we don't really think about up and down so much because yeah. we can't just move up and down. And so a species that can looks at things a bit differently. And also it makes them dragon-like and yeah. I wanted dragon aliens. I've had cat <laughs> aliens. This is dragon aliens. That's, I don't think anyone's going to complain if the cover is any indication. I won't complain. And I, I know that we talked a little bit about this uh, outside of this episode, but tell us a little bit about the design of the books that you have because if you've ever seen one romance novel cover you've kind of seen them all in the sense that they all kind of feature these things yours are very I like that a lot of your covers are focused on just the person or two people and that's it it's not a lot of uh, unnecessary shit happening in the background (laughs) yes I mean my cover designers um, the cover designers that I've used have all, I think, been, they've done great jobs. Um, and, and yes, I've, I, and it's one of the things where in science fiction romance, because people don't know what aliens look like, because <laughs> obviously I've made yeah. them up, um, it's handy to give people a, this is, this is yeah. the main protagonist, main alien protagonist of the story. That's what he looks like. And it does help that he's shirtless and has fantastic abs and so on. But but it's also good to say, for example, you can see that he's got wings. So Mm -hmm. now you now you know that. And um and the others have had blue skin and scales maybe. Yeah. Yes. I'm very into the different colors of your aliens. I've liked that your aliens have been blue, have been, I think, is this, is this alien, uh, I guess, are the Sky Masters yellow or is that just this cover? Are they like golden? They're, yeah, they, they're golden, um, yeah, sort of golden skin colored. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they're meant to be kind of unique so where the the first two species were both blue skinned and so different in other ways these guys are gonna be more more golden colored and um and have wings and be just Mm -hmm. you know their own thing i like that it gives you a good i I know that there's some books I I'm going to bring up Harry Potter because that's just the first thing that Mm. came to my mind. But I like that if you do have something as uh, prominent on the cover, I know some of those books had what the school looked like. I like that it gives you, at least me as a reader, a jumping point to kind of be like, okay, this is at least I know what this character looks like. I can kind of figure out what the other guys are going to look like based on this. Yes, that's um, that's a huge help in science fiction romance where mm-hmm. you know at least with harry potter i mean a lot of people can can imagine uh, mm-hmm. you know a centuries old school in scotland you, you know might not have a particularly accurate idea but you'd, you'd have an image but what does a, a member of the prithine species look like well that no one can have any idea because i just made them up you're like yeah i don't even know i just figured it out (laughs) yeah 
That's fine too. Now I'm going to pivot a little bit here and ask you, do you think that technology currently is hurting or helping modern romance as we know it? I'm, I struggle to even define what modern romance looks like. Do you mean uh, romance fiction or um, romance as we experience it? Romance as us us humans here on Earth experience. <laughs> I think it it's been um, uh, been on the whole very good for mm. romance. I think that we can we can forge bonds with people halfway across the world. We can travel to meet them. We can we can, but more than that, we can not only speak to them, we can see them. Um, and that is something where, I mean, I guess people did occasionally do something like that before the internet made it all easy. But, you know, before we had, say, transatlantic telephones, yeah. you'd be relying <laughs> on letters to, Mail. to have anything like that. And sure, people made that work, but I think that the the amount of contact that mm. modern technology permits has just made made it much much easier i mean yes aside from anything else in the last couple of years where we've a lot of people have been avoiding meeting anyone and particularly avoiding meeting anyone new mm -hmm. it if that has happened when we didn't have this technology a lot of people oh would simply have had, had no chance of romance. Yeah, at... yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. I was only I was only focused on the swiping because I was thinking, oh, mm. you know, swiping is swiping left or right can be. It's 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 kind of an oddity for me. I see why it's convenient, but I also worry that some people are not getting the chance. I was mostly thinking about if I saw any of your aliens from your books on app if i would if i would swipe and of course i'd swipe for those guys so that's just you know mm -hmm. i like i do like some of the the ease that technology is creating for people who are in modern romances or are trying to like you said bridge the gap when they're not seeing people or meeting new people Yes, but I I also agree that um, <clears throat> that swiping can be it's a bit it's a bit too quick in some ways. I mean, it's very convenient if you just want to meet someone who you match on a superficial level, but mm -hmm. for deeper connections, it's very hard to imagine how someone would um, portray themselves on that in a way to attract deeper connections. But I mean, yeah. still works for some people. Um, yeah. Just like when we were doing just letters back in the day, mm -hmm. it worked for some people. It won't work for for everyone, but I do like that it's an option, I guess, for some people. Yeah, yeah. and there's definitely also a place for the superficial. I just want to meet someone who I'll have a good time with, and yeah. maybe something will develop. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's fine that's too. Okay. 
how do you see the future of science fiction literature? Uh, do you think that it's going to maintain its independence or intertwine with uh, some other genres? Because we're talking about sci-fi romance. And I know right now there's kind of a big boom for sci-fi, sci-fi movies and television shows. Yes, I, I think that science fiction is a genre and romance as well. Um, they're both genres that do very well mixing with other things. Like you can have a science fiction romance story or a thriller or a murder mystery um, or something that bridges all, all of those. Um, it, so I think science fiction is going to stay independent simply because it's going to be an element in many other things. So the, the core is going to be its own thing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I used the word thing a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, think I got what you're saying. <laughs> I just, I like that it is creeping into so many other forms of media that, um, you know, sci-fi sci and technology elements and like you know crazy things that we haven't seen before are making their way into television shows innocuously i think i'm sure you you've seen black mirror or heard of black mirror yes. um i love i love their concept of just kind of integrating just a little bit of sci-fi-ness and then seeing where that goes i mean yes to to my mind that's that's the essence of science fiction that's i mm. say that black mirror is some of the most science fiction science fiction out there because it's all about what happens if we introduce this new element mm -hmm. of technology what does that mean and that uh, that is really the heart of science fiction it's speculating on what the future will bring and how that's going to be good or bad usually bad because it makes for a better story <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, usually bad. And they did, I, I know for at least people that I knew who weren't necessarily interested in sci-fi, they actually didn't read Black Mirror as sci-fi at first until they got into it. And then were like, oh, I didn't realize that this was sci-fi. And I know some of the most popular episodes of Black Mirror happen to be the ones where they intertwined romance with the sci-fi. Yes, certainly my favorite episode is basically a science fiction romance um yeah. <laughs> mine too uh, mine too <laughs> yeah and now that i think about it yes several of my favorite not just my mm -hmm. one top pick um but um well i'm not 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 actually sure because romance does have the one very very formal line that it must end with a happy resolution for the mm. romantic couple. So now that I'm thinking about it, one of the Black Mirror episodes definitely does that. <laughs> but, I know, I was like, oh, you're like ha happy ending. I'm like, oh, fuck, that can't be that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's science fiction. Science fiction's gotten everywhere and that's great it used to be a, a genre that was much looked down on um as yeah, it's, it's getting being sexy nerdy now. and yeah. nerds are sexy now 
So. Nerds are in. We are so in right now. Geeks, nerds, give it to us. <laughs> we love it. Now, um, Leslie, as well as being a writer here, this is one of my last questions for you. You're also uh, an ambitious Tai Chi participant. You're the resident human to several very interesting fantasy pets. I know it seems like there's a lot that you can do for the fans here what are you working on at the moment what's next i know we're gonna we're all gonna go and read join to the sky uh the alien sky master we're all gonna go read that but what comes after this what are you working on now so um the next thing i'm working on is uh but well uh a novella length story for an anthology um that um that's due out later you know in the middle of this year um okay. and so that's and that's going to be sci-fi uh, based as well right yeah that's claimed amongst the stars um which it's a charity anthology as uh, the proceeds all go to charity um we're we're just putting that together oh, that's nice. to uh, to support that and uh, after that, I've got another um, <laughs> short story um, for this year's Pets in Space anthology, which um, most of my stories feature a pet or cute animal in some way. Um, the, all the Crashland stories, including Join to the Alien Sky Master, have the humans having holographic pets as mm-hmm. their, um, their companion AIs that are very helpful in some of the plots and so the Pets in Space series of uh, collections is a natural home for me I'm going to be writing Mm -hmm. something there but in line with my uh, attitude to outlining I don't really know what I'm going to be writing (laughs) there yet there will be words they will make it to paper and uh, when it gets closer you'll have a loose outline I'm assuming Yes, absolutely. Um, it's something that I'm going to start like uh, turning over in the back of my mind while I write uh, the, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the Claimed Among the Stars story. Mind multitasking. I like it. Now, I would be really, I know I said that was the last thing, but I, I lied. I would be really remiss if I didn't just, I just, I really want to like clap for you and just big up this fact that your books often feature a strong female in the lead talk to me a little bit about that because we're all about girl power here on our podcast uh which is something that um i appreciate a great deal because yeah it matters to me that a it's a it's a stereotype more than a true fact about romances there are but there are a lot of romances where the the heroine is basically there to be won by the mm-hmm. by the male protagonist and i don't i don't like that i mean there's nothing wrong with that as a story for people who do like it but mm-hmm. i would prefer to have the the women be capable and hold their own and it be a you know a mutual um mutual saving they should yeah. save each other rather than just be <laughs> save her 
<laughs> I've seen that in your book too. I've seen I've seen a lot of females save aliens and I've been like, yeah, you would be dead without her. So, <laughs> so definitely appreciate it. Yes, I'm it it's also led me to some some of my favorite um writing where mm -hmm. I've been able to, you know, explore explore interesting takes which I've not really I mean, I know they're not original. I know that 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 there isn't anything here that no one else has written. <laughs> but um, but I did enjoy the you know one in one of my books I had I set myself a challenge of having um, a particular you know a security officer uh, as the female protagonist and this strong manly warrior who they start out fighting each other and um and it's fun to get to the point of writing that as you know writing their fight as an intimate scene almost on the level of uh, a sex scene because they're both able to you know, they're, yeah yeah that's very cool very cool like that very much now if you guys are listening you know again primed for big events and big settings and love stories that are again literally out of this world sci-fi romance really rules my heart and a lot of other people's hearts for the simple fact that it has the potential to whisk you away into the thrill of the unknown and that's why i love the idea that there can be someone out there for you anyone out there for you in the vastness that is space and so if you're new to this genre and you want to explore it further i'm really going to suggest that you check out leslie chase join to the alien sky master as well uh, we're going to make sure to put links for this and do it without delay go pre-order or get the book if it's available now and um, we're gonna put the links for this Leslie's gonna tell us a little bit more about it but Leslie I think you don't know but it's time for something special do you know what time it's for no Romanchi of the week <laughs> <laughs> you guys listening can't see me doing the dance but leslie can uh what's your tell us tell us a munchie that you just you go to when you're writing or when you're pacing if you're a person who paces while you're thinking <laughs> of writing what do you go to for, for munchie here well these days i've been trying to be um healthier about my munchies so i'm usually munching on fruit i mean i've always been a voracious eater of apples and oranges and that's sticking there but my uh, over the course of my writing career it's usually been uh chocolate um particularly <laughs> particularly oddly uh the there's a cheap bar of chocolate uh sold in one of the supermarkets near here that is well it's it's cheap german chocolate it's massively oh. it's massively better than anything but expensive uh british chocolate so so what you're saying yeah. is <laughs> you 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 prefer chocolate but you're you being conscious and you're making good decisions and having fruit instead yes that's that's pretty much it that's good i mean you can still sneak some chocolate in of course always sneak some chocolate in Yes, and that's always a possibility. 
<laughs> Leslie is like, stop tempting me. I just said, <laughs> are you doing anything fancy with your fruit? Or are you just having it in a salad? Or are you just eating it? Are you eating it on its own? I generally just tear apart the orange and <laughs> eat it. Uh, it there, there's nothing subtle or gracious about nothing you're just like i i rip through the skin and i just i inhale (laughs) yes it's okay we do that with worse things than than oranges so i feel like you you've earned that an orange a day will bring the aliens i that's what you should start (laughs) saying just remember that (laughs) yeah so i'll make that uh yeah make that an element of something anyway (laughs) Is there any fancy fruit? Any any fancy fruits that you like? I'm 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 again. I know I've I ask like a million questions, but I just like to know things. I'm just I'm just nosy like that. Well, um, there are some some other fruits that I've enjoyed. Kumquats are probably the the odd fruit that I've enjoyed the most. Uh, incredibly sour little oranges. Mm. Oh, you can eat great. the skin on those things, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Put them in your yeah. mouth and <laughs> they're like I mean, angry I'm... grapes. That's what I always say. I like angry grapes. <laughs> You're like, I'll take it. I'll take angry grapes. Now, Leslie, before we wrap up today, I'm gonna just our last segment that we have here is called Fact or Fiction. This is the segment where I'm going to read you a statement and you're going to tell me whether this is fact or fiction. There's no rhyme or reason to this. It's just something that I find and I try to I try to relate it to what we've been talking about. So this is the statement today. Your eyes are better than any camera. Is this fact or fiction? Okay. I I I get pedantic about these things. Better at what? Um, Eyeing, seeing. I I think that's true. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with fact. Um, Good choice. Why'd you Why'd you pick fact? I'm not gonna reveal it yet. You don't know if you're right right or wrong yet. (laughs) Um, I'd say fact because we are. our eyes capture images fast, faster than I think any camera can. So we get a much better visual um, visual uptake, I guess. And <laughs> um, they can adjust to a lot of different lighting conditions without real effort. Um, whereas I don't think cameras are as versatile. On the other hand, there are cameras that can definitely take more detailed pictures than our eyes can manage and more distant pictures and so on. So it depends what, like I say, what, what you mean by that. <laughs> I like hearing people think these out and, and the rationality that's used because it's, you, you are correct, by the way, our eyes are better than any camera pictures on the latest cell phones can capture 20 or 30 megapixels but that's nothing compared to what you can see with the human eye i picked this because you know your your characters in your books they often lock eyes and then that's it they're done and so i was like what what's what is this about and so i found out that if your eye were a camera it would be capable of 
576 megapixels. So certainly way better than any iPhone or any Android <laughs> that you may have. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I wanted to know what that meant. And so that's really about the resolution. And that's what is being created for you. You were talking about how sharp and clear those images are. And as you mentioned, our eyes, they ha- they do have a lot of flaws. So they're not acceptable in seeing that high detail. That high resolution is only going to be seen in small areas. Whereas, like you said, the camera is going to be able to make it all very detailed. But technically, we're superior. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's yeah. That's good. That's uh... <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> yeah. We beat the robots on this one. Yes, for now. For now, <laughs> we beat them for now. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show. I had such a blast with you. It was amazing chatting with you and hearing about all your hot alien stuff and just learning the process and the experience of being a sci-fi romance writer. Where can people go pick up Joined to the Alien Sky Master or Crashland series or any of your other books that you've written? Well, um, amusingly, going back to a comment you made earlier, <laughs> uh, they're all Amazon exclusive at, uh, at the moment. Uh, so you can find them all um on Amazon, um, mm-hmm. uh, or you can go through, you know, via my website, which is a handy one-stop place to find them all at uh, leslie-chase.com. And I'm sure the link will be uh, put yes. somewhere. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that also um, earns me a few extra pennies because it's affiliate links so amazon pays me a little bit if you come via my website yes we will put the links to there is there any social media that you'd like to share you you tweet in you you on instagram yeah. you doing any of that stuff um i yes i'm i'm trying to make an effort to do more <laughs> of that stuff uh, you're at writing, the moment you're writing so much yeah yes it's it it's a real challenge to keep up to date um but i'm trying to do more so uh so yes i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i've got a facebook group um and i'm assuming this is on your website as well if you check out the leslie-chase.com oh well thank you so much leslie we're gonna put links to this as well because we don't want people to forget it we want to make sure they they get out there and again if you are just trying this genre for the first time this is a great place to start this is new you got to hear leslie talk about the book you got to get super excited for it so go check it out. And guys, you know where you can always find us. We live, breathe, and die on the web. But don't forget, we've got a new digital home at stonedandsocial.com. Come check us out. There's giveaways. We've got all of our episodes there. And you can always send us messages. Also, we're on Instagram 24-7 at stonedandsocial. Like rock and roll. Send us your memes, your funny pictures, your munchy suggestions, or anything else that you want to share with us. You know, we love you guys. We'll be back here next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget, namaste attracted to some really hot space aliens. Bye, guys. Bye, Leslie. Bye. Thanks for having me.